This is Amazing Things. I'm Adam Belmar. Simulation-driven engineering has put rockets in space, airplanes in the sky, and self-driving cars on the road. Now this revolutionary approach to design is having a powerful impact on medical science, specifically the understanding and treatment of the human heart. Bringing precision medicine to the arena of cardiac care after this. The Amazing Things Podcast is presented by United for Medical Research because America's investment in medical research through the National Institutes of Health is making amazing things possible. Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com. Dr. Natalia Trayanova, the Murray B. Sachs Professor of Biomedical Engineering and Medicine at Johns Hopkins University, along with her team, have created a revolutionary tool for the diagnosis and treatment of heart rhythm disorders, a personalized imaging-based virtual heart, a computer simulation that harnesses the enormous amount of data collected from a patient's MRI and other scans in order to predict with remarkable accuracy whether they are at risk for sudden cardiac death. Currently, we have no good means of determining which patients are at risk for sudden cardiac death, who will suddenly fall down on the ground and have such an event. It's extremely difficult to predict. Patients who have myocardial infarction are all predisposed for that, and they would be assessed in the clinic. And typically, if the pumping of the heart is not full, but it's somewhat impaired, judged by a metric called ejection fraction. So this is the amount of blood that's pumped out of the heart. If that amount of blood is below 35%, regardless of any other circumstances, these patients receive implantable defibrillators because they are considered at risk for an arrhythmia. The problem with this method of prediction, according to Dr. Trianova, is that it's nonspecific. Arrhythmia is an electrical disorder, but the parameter determining risk is mechanical. The need for improvement becomes clear when you take a look at the numbers. On an annual basis, 20 patients will receive defibrillators, but only in one of them, the patient will receive appropriate shocks, meaning it was needed for this patient. The other 19 patients will have to endure the risks of having unimplanted devices with all the potential for infections, component malfunction, and all the psychological trauma of having to live with a device that can discharge and knock you unconscious. So we decided to use our methodology to develop a better predictor, which we called VARP, the Virtual Arrhythmia Risk Predictor, which uses the MRI images of a patient with myocardial infarction and use them to create a geometrical model of the patient's heart. And this geometrical model incorporates not just the walls of the heart, but it also incorporates all the structural remodeling that occurs in the heart. And once the virtual heart model is populated with all of the available information for a patient, then the real work begins. So basically what we create is the merge of a geometrical model that is patient-specific with the knowledge of the dynamics of the human cells in the heart. And what we do actually is we stress it. We stress each virtual heart and we just observe it for every stimulus, for every location of the stress. 
we let go and watch where the arrhythmia will develop and then move the stimulus in another place and we let go the the code so so these nonlinear equations and we see waves propagating through the heart and some become arrhythmias dr trianova says we can think about arrhythmias or electrical disruptions as tornadoes of the heart that include a rotational wave front but when you have an arrhythmia, the electrical wave does not leave the heart. It just recirculates and stays there. And that causes the heart not being able to fill with blood and pump with blood. And that's why death is nearly instantaneous. So with our model, we are able to predict in this particular patient whether that patient will develop arrhythmia from a random stimulus somewhere in the heart and figuring out whether this heart is prone to arrhythmia. And if it is, then we deem it at high risk for uh, sudden cardiac death. The groundbreaking clinical study conducted at Johns Hopkins University assessed 41 patients, all of whom had already received defibrillators. In this case, it was a retrospective study, meaning the researchers were completely blind to the clinical outcomes of the patients. That is, whether the defibrillators discharged, which means that they did indeed develop an arrhythmia. And when we finished the analysis, only then we were made privy to the clinical outcome. And then we did statistics to compare our prediction with the standard clinical predictor, which was the ejection fraction, less than 35%. And also we compared it with some other, they are non-standard clinical metrics, but still used at some centers that are based on assessments from the MRI scans, like how big is the region of scar, what is the volume of the left ventricle, and so forth. So we we compared with every possible clinical indicator of arrhythmia, and we were like order of magnitude better in terms of the hazard ratio. So we were very, very predictive. We were able to say which patients will have an arrhythmia and which not. The virtual heart, while still in clinical trials, is an amazing advancement in diagnostic and personalized medicine, a tool that will save money and improve treatment. That our virtual heart is a non-invasive way to predict what is the best treatment is like amazing. Currently, a patient is sitting there and has a catheter threaded in the heart that's poking the heart for a long time and probing the electrical functioning and that lasts for six hours so there is a lot of healthcare savings that can happen both in true dollar in the hospital but also in the fact that you can save human life and make life of people better so it has if you will economical emotional societal benefits from many sides what made the virtual heart possible is the NIH Director's Pioneer Award, which supports individual scientists of exceptional creativity who are proposing innovative, high-impact approaches to major challenges in biomedical and behavioral research. Now, this would have been completely impossible if I didn't have the NIH Director's Pioneer Award. Who would take the idea of a heart on a computer to decide on whether patients will have defibrillators. So who would take a heart on a computer to tell the physician, you should go with your catheter and burn in this piece of the heart? Why would you even believe that idea? 
the fact that NIH and its common fund found what I'm doing exciting and potentially impactful, actually, as a matter of fact, transformative. And they had a belief in the person who's doing it and giving me this opportunity with pretty much no strings attached to really go figure it out, explore it, come back and excite us. And I think this has been the probably the most important event in my academic life. The Amazing Things podcast is presented by United for Medical Research because America's investment in medical research through the National Institutes of Health is making amazing things possible. Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com.